Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dig Deep Podcast. Um, Today, I am very excited to kick off a new little two-part series that we're doing um, called How to Love an Extrovert and How to Love an Introvert. And today, I am very excited and honored to have my two sisters on the show. You guys can say hi. Jill is my youngest sister. And Joanna. Hi. We are, um, for those of you who don't know us, we are three of five kids. We are the three girls in the family. So of the five, I am the second in line. And then Joanna is number four and Jill is the, the last one, the caboose, number five. And um, if you don't know anything about my sisters, they are pretty different from each other. And you can go onto the website and see the graphic and see a picture of them. But Jill, who is the youngest, she is a blondie with green eyes and beautiful fair skin and freckles. And Joanna is brown, 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 everything brown. (laughs) And so they're not only incredibly different in appearance, but they are complete opposite when it comes to this aspect of personality that we're talking about, introvert and extrovert. Jill is um, a proud introvert and Joanna is a proud extrovert. And I'm excited. We're just going to have a conversation today about what that all means. So welcome, guys. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Thanks for doing this. Yeah. I owe you guys one. Um, so first, I want to start by defining introvert and extrovert. I know that most of us, you know, we're so familiar with these terms and we throw them around. Most people are familiar with them. But just a reminder, the definition, um, an introvert is someone who derives his or her energy from being alone, whereas an extrovert is someone who derives his or her energy from being with other people. And so um, we tend to lump different things into these categories that really aren't meant to be there at, at, at its essence. It's just about where we get our energy from. And um, so I want to talk about some long held myths and I want to hear if you guys have heard these or if you have other ones you want to add. One is that um, I feel like I've heard a lot that there's more extroverts than introverts. I've heard that from a couple different sources. Um, have you guys heard that? Mm-hmm. No. Is that a thing? Yeah. Um but I was interested to find out that Myers-Briggs, who, of course, you know, created the personality profile that started this dialogue about introversion and extroversion, um, states that the population is about 50-50. So it's really split down the middle of introverts and extroverts. There's about half of each of us. The second um, one that I think is interesting is that I always thought that introverts were all quiet and extroverts were loud. That's one of the things that I sort of lumped together with those things. And that's really not true. Again, we have to like stick to the roots of this is about where we derive our energy from. And I remember being on a mission trip with um, a girl named Amy who, when we were talking about personality, I was really surprised when she said she is a full-blown extrovert because she's one of the quieter uh, people I've ever known. And she's like, just because I'm quiet doesn't mean I'm an introvert. Um, I gain my energy from being around other people, even though I'm not one of the people talking a whole lot. So that I think is a big one that a lot of people believe. Um, another one is that the population, that one population is more successful than the other. Um, I think probably each group tends to think that their way of doing things maybe is better. Mm-hmm. And so that they would therefore be more successful in their careers or relationships or marriages. And that's just not true either. There's no evidence to back that up. Um, and then lastly, I think, Jill, this is one of the things that you told me about is that we tend to think of it as just a social thing. And that's definitely true of me. Like I tend to think I boil it down to do you like going to parties or not? <laughs> and it is so much more than that. And you pointed out that it's not just a social thing it's also what it's also it's uh 
it's like emotional. Um, it can go deeper than just a social between your social interactions. That it's a emotional thing, but it can also be a physical thing. Mm. Be um, affected in your spirituality. Lots of things I think can go into basically every area of sure. your life, not yeah. just your yeah. Social it affects all aspects of your life. Absolutely. So we're going to jump into conversation here. Um, just so you know, this week we're going to be mostly talking to Joanna, who again is the brown-haired sister who is the extreme extrovert. I don't think I've ever met anyone more extroverted than my sister Joanna. Um, and then next week we're going to spend a little more time focusing and asking Jill um, about what it's like to be an introvert and how to love introverts. And so our guiding scripture for both of these weeks is from Romans 12, and it says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly, or in this case, sisterly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. So I love that passage because it it's prefaced by talking Paul talking about how we're all made so differently. We're one body, but we all have different gifts and we are just all so different from each other. And then he says, so let love be genuine and love one another with brotherly or sisterly affection, which to be honest, as sisters, we are still learning how to do so um, as adults now. So anyway, so let's get started. So Joanna, talking about how to love an extrovert, um, especially maybe if you are not extroverted, but for anyone, if you have an extrovert in your life, how to love them. And so first, I just want to ask about your relationship with Jill. I should also say that growing up since I was number two of five, and then there's Um, my brother, our brother's number three, and then there's a bigger gap. And so you two were always referred to as the little girls because you were just two years apart, but you're each, you're six and eight years younger than me, respectively. And so you guys were real close growing up and, and, um, we've, we've all gotten closer in adulthood, but you guys had a really close relationship, always shared a room. So Joe, what were some of your favorite memories from childhood with Jill that you guys shared together? Well, first, I'd like to say that I think we're still referred to as the little girls. Yeah, somehow. we really are. Yeah. At, how old am I? Like 27. <laughs> you have to think about that one. No one even knows. I just think of myself as the same age as Jill. And I always have. Um, <laughs> and people have always thought Jill's older than you, too. Yes, yes, which is true. She acts older. Yes. Which I'm fine with also. Sure. Um, yeah, so favorite gro- memory. Growing up with Jill, there are dozens of favorite memories and moments because we were pretty silly and ridiculous <laughs> when I think back to the ways we played but I think especially um <clears throat> I think it was I was about six and you were about four and we moved to the new house which was a nice brick rancher fixer-upper and it had a huge yard and a huge tree and in the backyard and that just became our you know wonderland and we um, each had American Girl dolls, which was <laughs> definitely a favorite. <laughs> and no shame. And, which um, ones did you have? I had Molly, of course. Molly, World Brown, Two, Harry, all the way. Yep. And, and you had Kirsten, right? Jill had Kirsten, Kirsten yeah. which was fun Warm. because they looked like us. So it was sort of like we got to pick. It was before, I think, before the ones you could get to look just like you. Right, right, right. But right. it was so fun to you know, know that Jill had hers and I had mine. And I think in a lot of ways it was, um, it kind of leveled the playing field, literally, where we had a, we each had something to take care of and, and play with. And then we were just thick as thieves. We would go out in the backyard and um, Jill remembers this better than I do actually, but the memories we have are just taking off and pretending like we're on some wild adventure and we would just disappear all day. We would just pack our bags (laughs) literally and move away, you know, (laughs) to the backyard. And I, I don't know. I just felt like growing up, we were never competing. We were never, you know, I never really noticed our differences because we were always, 
playing the same game and um yeah and it was just sweet time like we would kind of go nuts and like forget we were in the real world we would just go make what was like teepees and um like forts out in the backyard and our neighbors probably thought we were crazy but yeah so when did you start realizing how different you guys were I mean I think when you were really little you were like kind of a unit you know you did everything Mm -hmm. together everything you always shared a room when did you start realizing like what were some of the things that you made you realize wow we really have some stark differences I think for me so I think the most vivid memories are around either waking up or going to bed that Mm -hmm. was when I started to realize we had very different patterns and expectations about how the day was going to go and I'm I think I'm just kind of the I don't know if I'm just like an extreme extrovert but I'm also a morning person and I always have been. Yes you are oh (laughs) for those of you don't know her it is like well first of all I should say the movie Frozen I mean like is is my sister's I mean, just with the ages reversed. I mean, my jaw. The sky's awake, so I'm awake. That is Joanna, the little brunette. I mean, when I saw that movie with my husband, I he didn't even watch the first scene. He was just staring at me like, (laughs) "This is your life." And um, so true. And yeah, and that whole thing where Anna goes and wakes her up, and obviously Anna's younger, but anyway, it's very similar. Where I would chat, we would just, I would just want to chat with you, like about your day, about (laughs) first thing, everything, and. And we had bunk beds, but they were actually, it was more like a loft bed where my bunk bed was on the top and Jill had her own little nook underneath. Yeah, and like so a tea or something. Yeah. she would kind of, you know, she'd like to retreat to her little space. And I think that was definitely when we were probably 10 and 12 was when I noticed I had so much, you know, to share about school or about what I was, you know, thinking about in any given moment. And Jill was, you know, more of a listener. And that was when I realized like she was still listening and she was still there. But <laughs> I think there were times I wondered if you drifted off to sleep. And I was fine with it. I was like, well, it's just kind of the way it is, you know. And it was in high school, middle school and high school for sure, when we would go to school together. We had those few years where we overlapped and went to the same school. And I would be shot out of a gun in the morning, just ready to go. And how many toaster strudels can I make you? All of them? Okay. Like, I would just, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you want a full breakfast? I'll make it. Like, and Jill's like, leave me alone. And that was when I, I think I... It, it didn't hurt my feelings or anything. It was just don't lie. Really, it hurt your feelings. No, it really didn't. Not early on because it was like every day. You know, it was every day. It wasn't like now and then. Jill was it like, hurt leave feelings. me alone. Every, Jill had the same expression, the same words every morning. Leave me alone. <laughs> and did you? You didn't say <clears> leave me alone. You just yes, I and had that. She it's didn't say that. What you heard. Yeah. So we. Um, yeah. So that was when I noticed for sure we were different. And um, yeah. And and yeah. And our also just how we spent our time. I think I found myself wanting to go out and about more and Jill wanted to, you know, just kind of hang out and do her own thing. And that was when I really noticed it. Mm. So you guys had always been close and you were realizing that you're pretty different mm-hmm. going to middle school and high school. And, but you, you had a lot of just natural love for each other, a lot of natural affection for each other, but it got trickier to show that and receive that I think from each other. Um, and so what are some of the things that made you feel hurt or frustrated or things that would come up in your relationship that stung or maybe misunderstandings? Were there any of those Joe? Yeah, I think what I remember where I, I sort of felt like it wasn't just a divide between us and our differences when I really started to feel that space between us, like, Oh, I got, I got to do something to, change this was when it actually got the hardest because I would with our busy lives you know we're getting kind of doing our own thing more and more as we got into high school I would want to 
have like time with just you. And I'd be like, oh, well, Jill and I can go do this thing together. And I would have this big expectation of how it was going to look, what we were going to do. And even from the get-go, I didn't really consider what you wanted to do. It was just sort of like picking up, just making assumptions kind of out of our childhood and our rhythms where I was like, well, this will be fine because Jill loves Christmas too, or Jill loves, you know, shopping too, or Jill loves coffee too. So we would just go do that. And I never really stopped to ask. And so that was one thing that I realized I, I, because I had that expectation, my feelings were more hurt because it was a, I, I was blind to that. And so I would have this, you know, excitement and this energy of Jill come hang out with me. And when you would respond with sort of like a morning response of, but in the middle of the day, that was when I was like, wait, what did I do wrong? And you're not sleeping. So this just doesn't line up for me. Like, why you don't want to go spend this time and a lot of it was just, you know, you were like, well, I, I, you just kind of sprung this on me. Like, I didn't, I didn't really know we were going to go shopping all day. And it definitely when I got to college and that space got bigger where we were just further apart and spent less time together, um, I, that I still assumed that, that we would just be mm-hmm. able to pick up where we left off and just do our own thing. And I think in a, in a lot of ways, you know, being the youngest of five, our three older siblings were in college to, sort of together and then got married kind of closer together. And so... I was feeling a little bit more of that distance and clinging more to time with you as the little girls. And, <laughs> um, and so I guess in a, in a way, like already feeling that distance. And then when you wouldn't want to spend that quality time with me, it, it felt like I was distanced on both ends. And as an extrovert, you know, having those relationships was so important. And so I would, I think, try harder, even harder and harder rather than listening and learning to that I'd be like, well, Jill, Jill may not remember how much she likes spending time with me. So let me try again and mm. let me convince her and do everything I can to convince her. And yeah, and I was just deaf and blind to it. Jill, what was your perception of all that? Like in that season where Joe's feeling like, let's hang out, let's hang out, let's go shopping, let's do this, let's talk. I mean, let's talk about her feelings. Let's go. Um, honestly, a lot of it didn't register to me yeah. like at all um, that I just, it was just Joanna and she just wouldn't. <laughs> You just kept talking, you know, she just, it just, that's just <laughs> that's always she how does. she was. Um, so a lot of the time that was the case where I just didn't, it kind of went over my head um, and mm. I didn't feel it the way that she did. It didn't mm. go deep with me. Um, but there were a couple of times, obviously, where I would need my space and I wasn't able to communicate that to her because she just wouldn't stop talking. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there are a few, yeah, a few cases um, growing up and definitely in the middle school, high school times where I still didn't really know how to communicate myself because I was still learning and Joanna was still learning about herself. Um, but her way of communicating was just to keep coming at me. <laughs> yeah. um, just to continue the communi- open communication and the, I didn't, I wasn't, that's not the way that I knew how to do it. Mm, that's good. Also, I think too, in high school is when I realized I was, I was kind of gravitating more towards people like me and people period yeah and anybody really yeah it's amazing so in some ways you. like having that built in like making new friends was one thing but having those existing relationships was another thing in my mind and so it was even harder like it, it was definitely like I was just locked into being yeah the same way and yeah yeah I love the story that you told about just being on your way to school I think this is a great picture of being an introvert or an extrovert. I mean, yeah. just driving to high school together, Jill, you were sort of, as an introvert, sort of trying to savor your last few minutes of time to be quiet and think before the the hustle and bustle of the day. And Joanna was like ramping up. And so 
she wanted to listen to music on the radio and get like psyched for no, I would, people time. I wanted to dance. You wanted to <laughs> dance and sing and talk and talk and talk and talk. And you were trying to save her. And so there was just a natural disconnect there, a, a very different wavelengths kind yeah. of thing. And then same thing at the end of the day, um, you were all high on your people okay. buzz yeah. and you were ready to have some quiet time again to reflect. Um, what's interesting about our relationship as sisters is that you, you two are very extreme or, I mean, I it sounds weird, but you're on very, um, extreme sides of that spectrum. And yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle. I lean toward extrovert for sure, but I actually have tested as introvert at different seasons in my life. So it really depends. And now as a mom of three, I, feel like a lot of days I lean toward introvert because I'm like, if someone else talks to me, I like want to lock myself in a closet and just be by myself for just a couple of seconds. And so I, um, it's interesting for me to see the way that you guys operate so differently. So Joe, here's a question. So what would be a few words, a few adjectives that you would use to describe yourself as an extrovert? I would say... First ones that come to mind are talkative. Yes. <laughs> um, Jill, you can throw in adjectives too if you think of ones. Nice ones only, please. I would for say her. for her. Animated. Animated. Um, I'd say. I don't know. Um, you said me specifically or extroverts. I was asking about you specifically. Me specifically. But yeah. I I know I I think effervescent mm, that's oh. a good one you are you are i mean i've always said you're like bubbly or yeah you're yeah a marshmallow that. wrapped in sunshine i mean people people gravitate toward you i mean you're just like you ooze sweetness she's everywhere you go drink. yes yes you're a fizzy drink um and so jill what are a few adjectives you'd use to describe you as an introvert i i have plenty i could throw in jill, oh, if you have any. um stoic yeah i would say stoic is a good one. Reserved. Pensive. 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 That's like a good pensive. one. I'll take pensive. That's <laughs> you know, like stoic? Stoic is kind, of, is kind of cool and, and beautiful yeah, in its yeah, own way. Yeah. Stoic's like a gorgeous statue. That's what yeah, I yeah, sure. yeah. Mm. I would say statuesque. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you um, are, yeah. And Any other ones? Gentle. I think you have a gentleness about you that I envy. I, I tend to like crash into things and you're more of like a let's shake hands mm-hmm. and be normal. And I'm like, let's hug it out. And not be crazy. There's no need to be crazy. Um, So, Joe, what are some of your favorite things in the world in terms of, like, social experiences? Parties. Parties. You love parties. (laughs) Jill, how do you feel about parties? Celebrations, I would say. Just any, any, like, even if it's celebrating, I mean, shoot, I'm already planning this a podcast party. (laughs) <laughs> like oh nice. when this launches I'm like champagne I saw it in the store I was like champagne and cake um and and <laughs> I, I think yeah just wait so favorite things like anything um I like and it sounds kind of crazy but I like crowds I like anywhere people are like Mm. classical oh, yeah. mermaid that's good you like going to the mall and Jill yeah. you would rather have explosive diarrhea than go to the mall right <laughs> oh, what? no I mean yeah. that might be an extreme example but you were saying about Christmas shopping 
you guys had a little run-in with yes. Christmas shopping a couple of years ago where, Joe, you came home and you were so excited. Yep. All you wanted to do, you had this whole day planned, and then we're going to get Starbucks, and then we're going to go to these four stores, and then we're going to go to Panera for lunch, and then we're going to go to these four stores. And, Joe, you were kind of like, uh, okay, sure, I mm-hmm. guess, whatever. And, you were, re- Joe, you were really disappointed yeah. in her lack of enthusiasm for this whole shopping day you had planned. Yeah. And then you pointed out you do – most of your Christmas shopping online. Yeah, I'd say like 95% yeah. of my shopping which now is online. It wasn't as much the shopping. It was having a buddy to go shopping with, which I don't normally, I guess sometimes I don't like to do if I'm like on a mission, but when I'm just going for fun, like for Christmas, that's when I... But that's the difference. Is I don't go shopping for fun. Exactly, <laughs> yes. So it's literally like, yeah, we're on opposite ends, but... And you, Joe, would probably take someone with you anywhere you went. You're like, well, yes. I've got to... <clears throat> take my dog to the vet. I should probably see what friend wants to go with me. You know, like you would yeah. always I think want to bring I, there someone There have been times where I'm like, let me just go pick up one of Jess's kids. Like, she, Ooh, she, you can she won't miss him. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think I'm I've done that where I've been that. like, I'm just going to go take him. And Do it. Can... Do it. Anytime. Anytime. You just text me and come on over. Yeah, it's true. Man, I remember being at this conference and hearing them talk about introverts and extroverts and they had us fill out like a real basic version of the test and then go they had all the extroverts go to one side of the room and all the introverts go to the other side of the room and they asked us some questions and I was just fascinated because one of the questions they asked were was and they mostly it was in thinking through the lens of like a work environment and they asked about brainstorming sessions like brainstorming meetings and when you think of a brainstorming meeting raise your hand if you get excited and you're already wondering, ooh, I wonder what it's going to be about and I wonder who's going to be there and whatever, ooh, I bet you we're going to come up with a great idea. I can't wait to be a part of it. And all the extroverts, we all raised our hand and then then they simply asked, if thinking of a brainstorming session, you think I would rather die, raise your hand. And all the introverts raised their hand and I remember being so surprised, like, what is wrong with you? Why wouldn't you love a brainstorming session? Yeah. Um, but we, I just love being in the moment, on the spot, with other people. And Joe, you probably, I, do you relate to that? Yeah. I think yeah. it's interesting because we both enjoy theater and performing. And I think That's it's true. interesting because I, I think I loved, I may have loved rehearsals more than the actual performance. I think hmm. I loved the whole process. And Jill, Jill's, <laughs> Jill thrives in the performance more than I did. Yeah. So you pursued it as you know a career. And I'm, I'm like, no, no, no. As soon as I got to college, I tried it as a major for a semester. I was like, no, this isn't for me. Because it was less of a group thing and more mm. of an individual thing. And it's just mm. interesting how that, you know, we were in the same activity, but had very different interests in it. Mm. And I didn't even really want to be the lead, but. I think you thrive in wanting to be the lead. So, And that's, I think, also a common misconception is that because I'm talkative and want to engage that I want to be the center of attention. And it's mm. not the case. Like, I, I, I love it when someone else is and I can, and I can talk to them. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I'd rather meet the celebrity after the show than be the celebrity, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So what would you say, Joanna, getting to the big question, what – would you say to someone who about how to love an extrovert? They have an extrovert in their life. Maybe they're married to an extrovert and they're an introvert. Mm-hmm. What would you say? How could they love them better? What are some practical things they could do? Yeah. To love so I was extrovert? thinking about this and I actually don't know the statistics, but there's some, there's like a, a thing out there that says like 80% of communication is not verbal or yeah, something. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about it and just in my marriage, you know, I'm married to an extrovert too, but I think he's definitely less extroverted than I am because I think I'm, off the charts. Like, you I are, yeah. If I met someone else like me, I think I would just, you know. 
Yeah, they transferred Explo- Joanne. Like they made, um, they basically dissolved your office space, and everybody now telecommutes yeah. in mm-hmm. your department at your job. And Joanna, but it was a problem. It was at first, and then I realized that I, everyone else in the world, is my coworker now. So when I go to Panera, <laughs> like I have people I know at Panera. Yeah, I see you all the time have and, to go, but you have to go out. Yeah, and, and but I also worked in an office full space. of introverts. So in some ways I missed it, in some ways I didn't. So. Yeah. You're like, you can go out into the coffee shop world. and I was the girl who like poked her head people. up over the cubicle like, hey, how are you doing? What are you thinking? How is everything? You want some donuts? Let's go. And they, everyone was like, we're working. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about practical things and, and especially with us. Like so much of, I just pick up on so many cues just naturally. Just any nonverbal cue or just mm. a reaction. So even just on a very basic level like if I'm talking to you even if it's a hi good to see you or if it's a tell me about your day do you want to go get donuts let's talk about everything kind of more of a you know more to the conversation if you stare at me blankly and like a deer in the headlights I understand like that I can be you know very a bit much intense yeah (laughs) but it it can shut me down a little bit so it I think I feel most loved when after, especially after work when my husband comes home and he and I have something to ask him or tell him or like let's go to happy hour let's do this he if he looks at me like oh yeah that's that's great that's a great idea I need to go lay down <laughs> and put my different shoes on and then we can go but um yeah so I think react and um even if you're not ready to engage with me and talk just even a smile can go a really long way and a like a nod or an acknowledgement that I'm not talking to you know, empty space because I've tried talking to the wall and if, especially on those days that I end up working by myself all day and it doesn't go well. And we, we've talked about this, Jill, in our relationship as sisters, just to say, um, now that I've come to understand you a little bit better and your, um, genuine need for some alone time to process and re-energize to just, have that brief moment, like Joanna said, to have you just smile, a smile, look me in the eyes and say, hey, can we talk about this later? Um, or I look forward to hearing about that. Can we talk about mm-hmm. it another time? Or, hey, I got to just go um, do some stuff real quick and I'll be back. Yeah. But that smile and just a simple sentence of transition mm-hmm. Um, if you're not in a, if you're not ready to talk, and I think I've heard with married couples who, especially where they're both different, I've heard this is a pretty common experience where, you know, one the extrovert will come home from work really energized and excited and wanting to talk about their day, and the introvert, if they have a job where they've been around people all day, will really need some quiet time, mm-hmm. and they do still want to connect and talk, but they just need a little bit of space, mm-hmm. and that transition is just so key of yeah. eye contact, smile. And say, hey, I can't wait to talk to you. Can we talk to you? Can we talk after we get the kids in bed? Or can we talk um, over dinner in a little bit or whatever? Just that we we will talk, but I need a second right Mm -hmm. now. And a little smile just to communicate. Because we, Jill, growing up, I still feel terrible about this. I'm (laughs) really sorry. But we had... We who made up the joke, Eric? I think who who Probably. deemed your face called the "I hate you all" face uh-huh. was that Eric who yeah. did that? Well, she and, actually said that once. Well, she said as a joke. As a joke. As a joke. As a joke. Yeah, <clears throat> because she would. We would be playing a game as a family or something, and Jill would just stand up and leave, and we'd be like, "Where did she go? Is she coming back? Like what?" And we all felt like she hates us. Mm-hmm. She and then, but she, you had no idea. 
that we perceive that. And so then Eric introduces this joke of you have this face that's a I hate you all face and you didn't even realize that's just your your face. It <laughs> no. took me a long time. Now I'm aware of it. But yeah, growing yeah. up, I had no idea that that's what my face looked like. when yeah. It was just relaxed or when I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And me being a little bit more borderline, I have been guilty of that face too. And mm-hmm. I remember in high school, some a good friend of mine saying, hey, so-and-so um, thinks that you hate them. And yeah. I was like, what? I hadn't even like met this person. I was so confused. I was like, what do you mean? I mean, did we have a conversation? Did I say something? She's like, no, just, just your face. Mm-hmm. And I was so mortified. I was like, what do you mean my face? I think it was my, just my thinking face or my resting face. And <laughs> another one of our brother Eric's famous phrases is maintain a pleasant face, a which pleasant face. is easier said than done because we mm-hmm. often don't realize what we're, like you said, so much of our communication is nonverbal. Yeah. And especially for an introvert, if you don't naturally communicate with a ton of words, that is all the more powerful. And Jill, I'll just say like in adulthood, I feel like you've really I don't know if you've been working on that or if, or whatever, but your <laughs> no, awareness actually. comes through because yeah. you really have grown a lot in that yeah, way. Right. I really I have a lot of respect for you in that because... Well, and I'd like yeah. to say to all the introverts out there in response to um, what Joanna has asked uh, of the introverts, um, <laughs> a good hint, and I haven't been working on it because since you talked to me about it, Jess, yeah. um, that I, it's something that I consciously have to think about when I'm in conversations mm-hmm. with people. Well, and it's not just with when I know it's an extrovert, um, just people in general, like in the business world or just relationships when I meet someone new for the first time. Um, so introverts, you know that there's so much stuff going on inside your head that nobody else is aware of but yourself, um, more so than what you're letting out on the outside. But I, I literally have to consciously think about myself of like, Raise your eyebrows just a little bit because that's going to change wow. the way your face looks or, you know, <laughs> just chew on your bottom lip for half a second or move your tongue around your mouth because that'll make your face look different and not, you know, you're working on something, not just relaxed, yeah. right. Um, and it's funny because I have to, it's exhausting because I have to yeah. be listening, actively listening to what that person's saying and responding to that. But then I also have to be thinking about specifically what my face is doing. Yeah. Um, and it's not just, you know, some people, their face just automatically looks nice, even if they are an introvert. Um, so it could be body language as well and stuff like that. But yeah. And that's, I mean, that goes back to one of the myths. I mean, our temptation is to just lump it, to boil it down and make it simple. And another myth that we should dispel right now is that no two introverts are the same. No two extroverts mm-hmm. are the same. Right. And this is just one of so many aspects of our lives and our personalities that make us so different. And that's why I love that the Bible acknowledges that, that mm-hmm. we are all different, but that that's beautiful actually. Mm-hmm. And that when one of us has a strength in one area, the other person has a weakness and we can build each other up. And so often our strengths um, are the inverses of our weaknesses. And so we can come together and experience new beauty. So, so Joanna, wrapping up our topic on how to love an extrovert, we like to finish with this question, try it today. What's mm-hmm. one thing that people can try today to love an extrovert in their life? Whether they're an extrovert or an introvert, they have mm-hmm. an extrovert in their life. What's one practical thing that they can try today? I would say, <laughs> um, it, I think initiating or creating a space where you want to listen and making that known. So a... Mm-hmm. I would love to hear about how your job is going. Do you want to get together sometime and talk about it? So it's sort of a, like an invitation to talk more because I think in knowing that you're an introvert now, Jill, talking specifically to you, knowing that you're an introvert now, like I have a lot more respect for 
how, you know, much energy that can take for you to have a conversation, especially like in the middle of a party or a family get together when there's already so much going on. And then when you're listening to, um, just yeah, to maintain a pleasant face, to keep it, to, to keep me engaged just in how you're listening, um, and not feeling like I'm imposing on you with a conversation, but that you're welcoming it is huge. And, um, I do like another scene from Frozen at the party, at the coronation party, I guess. Elsa turns to Anna and says, hi. She initiates. Mm. And Anna's like, me? You're talking to me? Like, I think with some relationships that are just, you know, siblings or or your parents or I don't know, anyone who you know is more of an introvert because you've grown up with them or you've known them for a while, you can kind of get accustomed to, like, either feeling bad for them, like, oh, I don't want to, like, bother them right now and that would be stressful for them. So that when you initiate, it's almost like a surprise, like a, wow, do you, you want to talk to me? And hopefully it's not, it hasn't, I mean, I'm glad it hasn't gotten to the point where we're, you know, old ladies and you say hi to me and I'm like, whoa, you want to talk to me after all this time? Um, I think you've definitely been saying hi to me more, just especially at family get-togethers, you'll like seek me out. And I've also noticed you doing it to other people, which is something cool because I feel like that's a lot of, that takes a lot of effort. So I think one, one thing to try today is a hi, just a Hi. And and, you, and ask about something in their life. And, and I love about, that you just yeah. said, like, just initiating a conversation, especially yeah. if you have a closer relationship and you, um, so they know you pretty well. It really goes a long way to an extrovert to say, way. hey, yeah. I heard you were asking about something in their life. Yeah. Smile, maintain a pleasant face. Yeah. Um, and how even, far, you don't realize how far those little things go. And even small talk is is talk. And we I like that. <laughs> Extroverts, <laughs> you like love that. your talk. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Joe, for sharing. Thanks, Jill, for sharing. Um, Next week, we are going to um, ask Jill some of the same questions and hear how we can love the introverts in our lives the way God wants us to. So thanks for hanging out with us today. We will see you next week. Bye.